Hey there, fellow pop culture nerds, Christian from the Proton Pack podcast here. Tony and I recently made the transition to host our podcast at anchor.fm, and they made switching from our previous podcast host an absolute breeze. Whether you're old pros like us or new to the podcast game, Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. In fact, you don't even need the complete tech setup that we use. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free. That includes creation tools allowing you to record and edit your podcast, which you can do right from your phone or computer, and it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. And as you gain traction with your show, you can easily make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Proton Pack Podcast. I'm Chris and with me always is the Iceman to my Maverick, Tony. Say hey, Tone. Hey guys, how's it going today? Right on. Happy holidays, man. Day yeah. after Christmas. Merry I'm Christmas, y'all. Christmas sweater. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars Christmas sweater, to be fair, so... Yeah, absolutely. Well, for today's, uh, well, it's not even the title of the show today, but we will be talking some Star Wars. So I felt it was fitting. So if you're following along on our Facebook page, um, you'll see that. If you're just listening, I am wearing a Star Wars sweater the day after Christmas. Yep. Yeah, so it is uh, the day after Christmas. It's uh, midday. So uh, typically not when we record, but uh, with the craziness of the holidays, you know, we wanted to make sure we got at least one more in before the end of the year. And we'll be doing some fun stuff on this show, uh, including our top three of each category. But before we get there, let's go ahead and uh, head on over to our shameless plugs. Here we go. It's shameless blood time. Better than these pills that Juan Valdez and his trusty goat gather coffee beans every morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Money's cool. Money's cool. Cool. Yep. So the first shameless plug is the one we do every week, uh, which is my dog rescue nonprofit, Rough Riders. Uh, we pull dogs from outlying, uh, you know, the rural shelters out. Uh, you know, Nevada is a big state with really only two metropolitan areas, and so what we do is we go out to the little outlying towns where. Uh, you know, the, the shelters there are not no-kill. We pull them, we bring them back, and we work with our local uh, shelters and rescues to find them homes, give them a second chance at life. Now, being that today is December 26th, we've got a little less than a week to go in the year. If you want to donate and still get that tax-deductible donation for this year, there's still time. So head over to roughriders.org. Scroll down on the page, or you can go directly to our PayPal page, which is paypal.me forward slash Rough Riders Saves, and uh, go ahead and make a donation. Uh, all of the money goes directly to saving the dogs, uh, helping more dogs out at any given time, and we are still raising money for our van transport fleet, uh, looking at getting two Commercial vans upgraded with kennels, looking at raising $75,000 total, and we have the wonderful sponsorship of Tito's Handmade Vodka that they're going to match the next $10,000 we raise. So that's uh, $20,000 uh, in the blink of an eye uh, once we get to that point. So head on over roughriders.org or check us out on Facebook or Instagram, Rough Riders Saves. Tony, you're a uh, weekly pop culture radio show with our good friend Jimmy Jones down in Carson City. Go ahead and tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so Jimmy hosts a show called Pop Culture Kaboom. He covers everything from cons, TV, comic books, action figures, movies, to books, to novels, all kinds of stuff. It's uh, The tagline is anything, everything you want, everything you need. 
Jimmy Jones will deliver to you on Pop Culture Kaboom. You can check us out uh, Sunday evenings, uh, 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific time. Um, I join him for the movie segment at 8.40 p.m. typically. And uh, we'll be doing – I'll be the guest this Sunday. I will be actually the entire guest. So I'll be the whole last cover. Yeah. Um, So I'll be on there uh, live from – the Fort Collins studio here in Colorado, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, I'll be there. So uh, check it out, 95.1 KNVC, Carson City Community Radio. There'll be a link uh, we will share. Feel free to join us, and uh, we'll be talking end-of-the-year reviews, uh, Star Wars, uh, Rise of Skywalker. Um, <laughs> talk some more of that, and um, yeah, that, that's, that's the shameless plug of the week for that one, so tune in. <laughs> now, speaking of uh, pop culture kaboom, uh, Jimmy and I have been talking a little bit. And for those of you that don't know, I am the chief engineer and VP of operations for a local media production company, radio station. Uh, we're doing a podcast production and podcast network uh, called America Matters Media. And so we've started talking with Jimmy about uh, trying to get him over uh, to our side, to the dark side, Um, whether that means syndicating from where he's at or making the leap altogether. We will see, but uh, we've at least started the conversation and it'd be awesome to have him as part of that. Oh, that'd be really cool. I mean, I'm not knocking where it's on now, but I think the better, uh, the more that show can get airplay and more listeners, that's always a beneficial thing for um, all involved, you know, because he's got, he's got a good setup. He gets like, he has good guests every week. There are people you wouldn't think of. Um, there's smaller people in the industry, obviously. Um, he, he had a, he had one of the writers for Iron Man on there one time. So I think that was his biggest one so far. But still, so. very cool guest, uh, you know, gives you a little behind-the-scenes look at how the industry works. And so, very, very cool. All right, uh, let's get into our first uh, segment of the show, as we do every week, uh, and we're talking TV. TV, TV. Bazinga. Oh! Oh, the cream of the crop. Let's go, Bob. Excellent. You know the king really And uh, Tony, actually, if you send me, if you have those individual audio clips, um, when I've got some downtime over at the studio, I'll start putting together some, you know, super high quality versions of those intros. That way we've got them fresh for 2020. Okay. Sounds good. We'll work on that. I was, I was just thinking it's probably time uh, going into the new year. Maybe we'll refresh some of uh, these intros. They are fun, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, and, and I also have some ideas for things that uh, will add to the show as well. Tony and I will talk about those later. But in the meantime, let's talk TV. So uh, we reported God, probably two, two and a half months ago that uh, Kevin Smith had talked about a secret project he was involved with that uh, people were really excited about, he was really excited about, and then it was revealed that he was going to be Uh, creating and producing a brand new version of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe for Netflix, and it'll be a continuation. Did you guys stop this cheesy intro? (laughs) I think it it should shut off in a second, maybe. (laughs) I, I don't think it will. Where he comes out and he talks to the camera. Man. <laughs> I'm Prince Adam. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it was it was cheesy for its time, but I mean, no, it's cheesy for now. For its time, it was actually fantastic. Right. But we're getting more information that uh, it's officially been announced that Netflix and Mattel Television are producing an original CG animated series titled He Man and the Masters of the Universe. Revelation. Um, oh, actually, no. You know what? This is separate from the Kevin Smith project. Probably helps if, yeah, probably helps if I actually read these stories before I <laughs> before we talk about them. <laughs> well, Kevin Smith is doing it, freaking silent, Bob. So it says here, Uh, framed as a brand companion for Netflix's previously announced Mattel partnership on the 2D animated series, Masters of the Universe Revelation from Kevin Smith. So we're getting double the He-Man. And of course, if uh, you already watch Netflix, you know that She-Ra has been on there for 
four seasons now. So uh, all of the Masters of the Universe are headed over, but this new one is going to be CG. They just released a poster for it, which uh, I'm sure Tony will put up on our Facebook page if uh, he hasn't already. Um, and for those of you who want to check it out, head over to facebook.com forward slash Proton Pack Podcast. Oh, the Proton Pack Podcast. Well, you'd be watching it now. Yep. Uh, any, any thoughts on having a, a separate He-Man series next to the one that Kevin Smith is doing? Yeah, I think it's kind of confusing. I think it's awesome. On one hand, it's really cool that He-Man and the Masters of the Universe are back. Um, obviously, that's something you and I grew up on as kids, and uh, as well as my uncle Steve, man. He's huge. He's super excited about it. Um, but uh, I think having uh, one that's separate from Kevin Smith to this is a little confusing because, like, the story, I, it's hard to follow because you're going to be curious is one follow the other? Are they, do they coincide? But if they don't, then yeah, it's a little confusing. So I'm not overly uh, jazzed that there's two reboots going, right. but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, uh, fans of the uh, franchise, always a good thing. Cause you can only hope that both are really good. It's kind of like when they right after the CGI turtles of, uh, what they call them the 2012 Ninja Turtles. Uh-huh. As soon as that ended, it was like Rise of the Ninja Turtles, like right off the gate. So they rebooted literally as that ended, which was strange to me too. But Yeah. Now, the only saving grace for the series might be the uh, animation studio behind it. Uh, the animation studios are House of Cool and CGCG, which um, if you have seen any of the Troll Hunters, Guillermo del Toro's Troll Hunters uh, series on Netflix. Uh, the animation okay. is fantastic. It's got a lot of great humor. Um, that could be a saving grace for it. Yeah, the poster looks really cool. Um, but we shall see. I mean, I think it's a good pickup for Netflix. We're always talking about the streaming wars and how Netflix is in trouble. But since since the Disney is leaving them, they've acquired you know a partnership with. Uh, with Nickelodeon and I think that's a massive backlog. So also have masters of the universe. And if they can work out something with filmation, um, to maybe and, put out the old school yeah. masters of the universe, I think cause they've already got a She-Ra uh, reboot and all that coming on there too. So I think it's a good pickup for Netflix though, just yeah. kind of confusing overall. Well, and based on how well this does, you know, they could do things for their other Mattel properties as well. Yeah, so and if anything, it's going to sell a hell of a lot of toys. And this one's Mattel Television, so you know that they're going to be, um, this is going to be the official, official ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. They'll be making a whole lot of toys, probably seeing those at uh, San Diego Comic-Con next year. Oh, um, absolutely. All right, so I mentioned uh, that we're going to be giving our top three um, for each segment. That was the only bit of uh, TV news, so we'll take yeah. this time to go through, you know, what our top three genre based television shows of uh, this year. Were. So we're not talking about like sitcoms or anything along those lines. We're talking about the nerdy geeky stuff. So, uh, so it's like the real housewives of Denver, Colorado. No, no, no. That's not really, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What about Dr. Pimple Popper? Is it ugh, ugh, ugh. Watch that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> All right, Tone, what would you say your your number three television series of the uh of all the TV so this is kind of sad. I was thinking about this before we got on the air. It's a good thing we didn't do like a top five because it'd be a little hard. I know. <laughs> I've been obviously more of a movie guy this year, but uh for TV, uh number three for me, um oh wow. It's I know my top two. Um, that one was pretty easy, but, uh, you know, this is going to sound dumb and it doesn't really fall into the lines of our, our, um, TV shows. Actually, let's just do this. I'll give an honorable mention. I was going to say Peyton's places, Peyton Manning. Um, I've been watching his, uh, traveling across the football world this season and how he meets up with former football stars and he tries you know, to break records and do all these things. Um, that, that was a really entertaining show that I liked, but it doesn't really fall into the pop culture 
<laughs> aspect of our show. So I'm going to say number three for me is South Park. Um, okay. Not a real great season, but I was dedicated and I watched every episode that came out every week uh, with Tiggerty Farms and PC Babies. And uh, uh, the one episode I told you, like, we're at the end uh, – Trey Parker gave out this phone number to call, and I told you to text. I don't know if you got a chance. To I didn't. No. <laughs> so you call, and what it was was it was about streaming wars. So it was really cool because South Park's on the cutting edge usually of what's going on in the real world. Well, they were all about who's on Disney Plus and what show is going to go to Netflix, and uh, and it was just like. Terrence and Philip and the Queef sisters. And it was funny. So, so for me, I'm going to say South Park was my number three this, uh, this year. I really, that shows off the wall crazy, but I still watch it. It still has great humor for me. All right. I'd say my honorable mention, you know, that it, it's sort of geeky nerdy, but not for the genre side of things. I uh, would be Silicon Valley on okay. Netflix. It is not Netflix, HBO. It is the final season of it. Um, I followed every season prior and it's just fun to, you know, see this, uh, you know, Mike judge take on the, uh, Silicon Valley, uh, you know, tech wars. And so that's a good one, but my number three would probably have to be Watchmen on Netflix. Uh, not why I keep saying Netflix. Yeah, well, because HBO now is kind of not a thing that rolls off your tongue yet. You know, Netflix yeah. Plus, those are pretty easy. Because it was HBO streaming, that was HBO Go, now it's HBO Now. Next yep. year it'll be HBO Triple Plus. Max. HBO yeah. Max, that's the one that's yeah. coming out. But uh, Watchmen, oh, fantastic series. It's sort of a continuation of the Watchmen uh, movie from Zack Snyder, uh, even though the superpower aspect of it isn't as prevalent. Um, well worth checking out if you have HBO. If you plan on getting HBO Max, obviously it'll be available there, but uh, that would be my number three. All right, Tony, what's your number two? That's a good one. I, I definitely, I still have not caught any of the Watchmen. That's definitely something I want to, um, but I'm gonna have to say my number two is going to be The Walking Dead. Again, a show that's kind of gone off the rails and not as good, but I stay loyal and I'm following it. Um, kind of left on a mid-season kind of cliffhanger. I'm hoping it all kind of ties in. and I really want the show to end is what I want it to do. I want it to just come to a nice conclusion and wrap up the story. And then let's go back and start exploring side worlds and stuff. But, you know, with different characters. But I really want this main story to just wrap up. But yeah. uh, I've been I've been behind it. It's a little better than last season, not by much, but uh, you know that's the other show I've been watching is The Walking Dead. So I'm just going off shows that I consistently am watching as far on a weekly basis or I'm binging. You know. So. <laughs> well, I've definitely got some catching up to do on The Walking Dead. It's uh, it's just too much TV out there, and I I really fell off after the whole. Uh, you know, end of the first Negan saga. And so it has been that great. You haven't been missing much, man. Yep. Yep. Um, so my number two is actually a series that was just released over uh, on my birthday last Friday. And I'm talking about the Witcher on Netflix. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've had a chance to check it out yet, Tone. No. It's, now it's, it's a, the production value is great. The acting is very good. Uh, Henry Cavill is very enjoyable. The storyline is hard to follow. Very hard to follow. Uh, we just finished watching episode four. And by episode four, everything starts to make sense. But episodes one, two, and three, just watch it. Take it at face value. Try to understand what's going on, but know that you're not supposed to know what's happening quite yet. Gotcha. So it's, it's one of those invest in the time you'll be rewarded. Don't give up on it so easy. Yeah. Yeah. If you get to, uh, you know, the second episode and you know, are, are just frustrated that you have no idea what's going on. It's kind of the point. So just stick with it by episode four, things start coming together a little bit, but uh, you know, regardless of, the way that the story is set up, it is a enjoyable show, especially if you're a Game of Thrones fan. Um, it has a lot of the same, uh, you know, sex, nudity, and violence, and, and you know. Uh, so it's, it's Netflix version of Game of Thrones based basically. off of a video game. 
actually, which is also based off of a book series. Oh, wow. Didn't know that. Yeah. I thought it was just a video game as well, but uh, apparently the book series came first. Okay. All right, Tony, uh, down to your number one, which I have a feeling is the same as my number one. Yeah, yeah. This is a tough one, right? And we're talking uh, The Mandalorian. Freaking great show. Um, I, I got somebody for a Secret Santa got me, or maybe they were a Secret Santa. They were just really nice and got me, but they got me a little Mandalorian pop for Christmas. Um, he's kind of holding up that X-Men comic book in the background. <laughs> you can see him. He's too small from where it is from the computer screen. But uh, The Mandalorian is just some damn good writing. It's good start. It's set in, obviously, in the Star Wars world. It's literally one of the only things I watch on uh, Disney+. Plus, and I've actually found myself, I'll watch it. And then the next day, I'll go back and watch it again and catch things I miss. So it's one of those rare shows where I can actually go back and re-watch them. Um, and what I like about the way they do it is they didn't give me every episode. It, it's just like watching it on TV. It's weekly. You have to wait until next week. But yeah. if you're listening to the show, odds are you guys watch it too, so you totally get it. But yeah, hands down, one of my favorite shows that's out there currently, and that's The Mandalorian. Yeah, and uh, what are we up to? Episode seven now? Seven, yeah. And it was the big cliffhanger episode, and uh, this Friday's the season finale of uh, of The Mandalorian. They'll wrap up with episode eight, and, uh, or chapter eight of this, and then, uh, fingers crossed, we get a season two. I'm well, we know we're getting a season two. The question oh, okay. is when. Okay. Yeah, well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I agree. Mandalorian's my number one. Uh, the first episode was highly enjoyable. The second one was a little slow and I was worried that they were going to go the walking dead route in, you know, slow walking some of the story just to fill time. But from uh, chapter two on, uh, basically chapter three, it really takes off. There's a overarching story and it's got this sort of, um, Mandalorian and a little baby, you know, three men, a little baby adventures and babysitting. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, I was th that there was a throwaway episode in the middle there. I think it was uh, episode six or chapter six, the one where they had the guy from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Right. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of a throwaway episode. It was fun, but it was really just like you said, adventures and babysitting. Yeah. You have to babysit that and then, yeah, that. Still good though, man. Yeah. Very enjoyable. Yeah. But the action is good. The humor spot on. Uh, the um, CG that they do is fantastic. And we talked about it in the last episode that, uh, you know, with Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda is a practical puppet. And then when they did the CG for him, they made it still look like a practical puppet um, as opposed to making a full on CG and, you know, sort of fluid moment movement, which uh, really, I think, sort of, enhances the the lovability and the uh, you know the humor in that character yeah it's uh he's just he's funny he's really showing some character life like <laughs> where they're like will he be okay up here oh yeah he's fine and then he almost crashes the ship yeah. <laughs> and it's like we really need to we really need to get somebody to watch him i know <laughs> but yeah good humor in the show i really like it so and this last week actually finally has a uh one of those at the end you're like oh my god what happens next like if you could stream it you would have watched it right away you would have just jumped right in but, yeah uh, very true cliffhanger whereas each of the other episodes were sort of standalone a little bit you know this one really wants you wanting that season finale yeah, so I'm excited to see what happens. So need to say, you know, I'll be watching tomorrow. So. Yep, yep. Chapter eight, but yes, Mandalorian, definitely um, two thumbs up. Really like that one. I hope in the new year I get I get caught up on more shows and discover more because um, I'm really bad in the TV department. I'm not going to lie. I go see a lot of movies. I'm good with that. But when it comes to TV shows, I'm pretty bad about There's only so many hours in the day. But so. the good news is Tony's got uh, about two extra hours per day because he's not commuting to work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got that. You know, I actually get one because now I took that promotion, so I'm there that extra hour. Uh. But nonetheless, you know, less driving and uh, more time to, to, to relax and actually unwind. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That does it for TV. Let's uh, go ahead and uh, hit the music there, Tone, for the weekend box office report. He's looking for it. 
Yeah, I am, yes. For it. <laughs> oh, no. Well, let's play this in the meantime. <laughs> there it is. That's the real box office report. Nice. <laughs> All right. How the movie was this week? Oh, no, Tony, your internet connect connection is unstable. No, it's not. It's full of shit. <laughs> oh, it's full of... <laughs> oh, well. The beep didn't go off. There's the one. <laughs> There's the one. There's yeah, PG-13 for a reason. <laughs> there, see, there's the delayed beep. <laughs> All right. All right, so number one at the box office, absolutely no surprise. We're talking about... Big surprise! The Who would have thought Uncut Gems was the number one movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh good for you <laughs> all right uh, rise of skywalker opened with an estimated 175.5 million dollars <coughs> had a 90 million dollar opening day with a 40 million dollar thursday night preview um <sighs> and just looking through at uh, some of the best uh, the past ones Looks like uh, The Force Awakens opened with 247.9 million, and The Last Jedi opened with 220 million. So The Rise of Skywalker fell a little bit compared to those other two movies. My guess is uh, just, you know, sort of fan backlash from the Ryan Johnson take in The Last Jedi. Yeah. But we'll talk about our, you know, reviews of the movie here in just a minute. All right, let's see. I didn't mean to hit that one again. I was going to say, do it. Do it. <laughs> All right, in second place was the PG-13 action comedy sequel, Jumanji, The Next Level, with 26.1 million. Eh? What is Jumanji? <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. We're actually, uh, my boys are coming up today, and we're going on Saturday to see it. So, um, looks entertaining. I, I saw Tony's... Uh, uh, horrible review for horrible it. Review. Yeah, I haven't, dude, I've been bad with those, like really bad. I, I kind of want to, I think in the new year, what I want to do is like a video take on it and just do a quick video and post the video of my review versus writing it. Cause then I can add more. You can actually hear the sarcastic banter. I don't think you can hear it a lot in the uh, writing. So right. <laughs> good idea. I like it. I like it. All right, in third place was Frozen 2 with another 12.3 million, bringing it to 1.05 billion worldwide after five weeks. Please, man. Um, Uncle Salt with his daughters yesterday said it was good. Um, I've heard it was dark. I have not seen it, but uh, not dating uh, that one person anymore to go see that. So, Well, the good news is in three to four months, it'll probably be popping up on Disney+. Plus. So... Yeah. Be able to see it there. I actually, I didn't mind the first Frozen. It was, it was like an old school Disney animated film. It had music. It had a story. And there you go. <laughs> All right. In fourth place was probably the biggest bomb of the week. <laughs> Hold on. Let me get, let me get this ready. All right. All right. What All is right. It? We're talking cats. Oh, man. Wait, no, that one needs, that, that just warrants an epic one. Hold on. Here we go. There you go. That was called the nuclear fart button. There you go. It, it definitely warrants it. Opened with a measly six point five million dollars. Looked terrible. I mean, it just looked awful. It, you know, and it made only this last weekend six point five. It did. <laughs> It's not, it's, I feel bad for laughing at it because it's got my girl Tay-Tay in it, but oh my God, like I heard the animation was like the, the fur was so, it just looks creepy. It looks weird and like half of the cats are wearing clothes and then the other half of the cats are naked and I just have no idea what's going on with it, but uh, they're going to be hard pressed to make back their production cost of $95 million for that. Yeah, this is going to be a big stain on a lot of people's movie career for sure. So. Oof, yeah. Uh, yay, yay, yay. All right. In fifth place was the uh, all-star crime comedy Knives Out with $6.1 million. Uh, speaking of Ryan Johnson, who directed that, I still haven't had a chance to see that. Have you seen that yet, Tom? 
I have not. No, it got really good reviews. It's it's got a high rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's a ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah. good for Ryan Johnson. He, you know, I liked it. I liked Looper, and I like and this I like his really original good. stuff. I, yeah, I don't need to see. I think anyone that takes on Star Wars, anyways, has a huge freaking challenge. I mean, even George Lucas himself, when he did the prequels, had a challenge of trying to live up to perfect, you know, masterpieces and stuff. It's tough. So, yeah. yeah. All right. In sixth place was the R-rated drama Bombshell with five million. Um, I, I, I think the actresses in it look great. You know, they're great actresses. You know, Margot Robbie and Nicole Kidman, but. Uh, not something I'm personally interested in seeing, but... Yeah. Uh, and Charlize Theron doesn't look like Charlize Theron. It's crazy. No. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that might be, a, as we call in the pop culture kaboom, a blah. Like, I'd stream it if it was on. Yeah. If, I had, if I had nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. That was sixth place and seventh place. We had uh, the Clint Eastwood drama Richard Jewell, which I'm was based... You know what that was. I had no idea what Dick Jewell was about. <laughs> <laughs> Based on the uh, 1996 Atlanta Olympics bombing, um, you know, another one of those movies that that looks like it could be good. Obviously, most anything from Clint Eastwood is fantastic. Just finding the time to to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. In eighth place was uh, Queen and Slim. I like King and King and Chubby better, but. <laughs> 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 no, I mean it's got uh it's got that one actor and that one actress, you know, yeah. from that movie and that other movie, yeah. Daniel- <laughs> <laughs> I've seen previous for it. It looks like a modern day Bonnie and Clyde kind of flick. So. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. All right, in ninth place was the remake of Black Christmas. It was a PG thirteen remake, which is sort of disappointing for a movie like that. I mean that if you ever watch the original, it's full out gore, deserves an R rating. And this one was, uh, they look like a bunch of sorority sisters, like staying at their campus on Christmas, like with a blend of scream. And I know you did last summer type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, closing out the top 10, uh, hanging in there was James Mangold's uh, Ford versus Ferrari with another 1.8 million. Uh, definitely oh, high up on the Oscar talk. <laughs> Yeah, that was a great movie. Did you get a chance to see that? Nope, haven't had that's, a chance. That was a damn good movie. So, um, yeah, definitely on this list, uh, there's some good movies still out there playing. Um, so, you know, I definitely, I know we're going to talk a couple movies here in a sec, but, uh, you know, yeah, some good good flicks. And uh can't say the rest of the year we have very much, but we have Spies in Disguise that comes out today. No, it came out uh, on Christmas. Was it Christmas? It came out yesterday, yeah. yeah. Christmas, yeah, I had those movies, yeah. And the so boys already saw it. They really enjoyed it. No, good. There you go. An early recent Corbin review, and they're not here yet. Nope, nope. So, or Little Women. I can't wait to see that. Oh, yes. I like Little Women, especially when Hermione is gone. all right that does it for the box office review let's go ahead and get into uh not box office review box office report let's get into our review of star wars the rise of skywalker we both had a chance to see that and uh tony you've seen it twice now right yeah i saw it twice uh i i gotta say it was better for me the second time around than it was the first i enjoyed it the first but i really Mm -hmm. enjoyed it more the second so uh, but yeah, I did see it two different times. Well, and it's apparent that J.J. Abrams is back in the uh, director's seat. Um, mm-hmm. You know, from the very get-go of the movie, it sets the tone. Uh, it is no surprise that uh, Emperor Palpatine has returned. And uh, the way that they treat him... <laughs> the way they treat him and his character and, and how he's essentially been pulling the strings all this time, uh, I, I think they did excellently um i think that uh it it had a little bit of a um you know chase for the the lost ark of the covenant feel to it you know where they're going after the thing to find where the emperor is and and uh you know maybe some extra characters that didn't need to be in it 
particularly uh, Carrie Russell's character. Yeah, they should have saved her for uh, for like a Disney TV show because I mean her character I think has the potential to be cool and little Babu freak, frick. Yeah, <laughs> and he's awesome, but didn't need to be introduced in the in the start in the Skywalker saga at all. No, I mean I get it. It's a marketing ploy. They're gonna want to sell some uh, stuff, but those two characters deserve better because they had the potential to be. Yeah. something and it just unfortunately they were just there yeah they, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby was his teens dude. he was pretty funny yeah uh they introduced a new droid which they didn't necessarily need even though he was you know a little funny a little comic relief but you know i think if they really no, stuck you. with the bb8 you know focus uh, yeah that would have been a good way to go yeah, do you ever kind of feel like these new uh, trilogy, uh, poor R2 just kind of took the back seat? Oh, totally. Like, like, like 3PO still got the scene, man. That guy, my least favorite Star Wars character, I'm sorry, but that dude got even more screen time, and at least they gave him more. I, I, I pretty much enjoyed him in this movie, even though I don't like him as a character, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it just, but I liked R2. I've always liked R2, and yeah. Um, a little bummer to see he's just kind of a real side character over here. And BB-8 rocks and yeah. uh, Eo was this new little guy. And he was funny. He was like a hyper little, like if I was a little droid, I'd probably be Dio. Like run around in circles. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the with J.J. Abrams, he fixed the whole issue that uh, Ryan Johnson set up uh, about her parentage and where she came from. And this really did a good job of sort of righting the wrongs of that movie. Um, Do you feel like this is where they were really going with the whole time? Or this was just kind of like, oh, oh, do we need to? <laughs> I want to censor. I already said it because once. Um, do I really want to put together a... Uh, you know, like, I don't know what JJ's original plan was with that, but, uh, we may never know. We may may never have any idea of what it was. Um, but you can tell that, you know, he was doing some damage control in this movie. Uh, everything he did with princess Leia, you know, utilizing footage that they shot from the force awakens fit in seamlessly. It didn't feel like that was pigeonholed in just because she was no longer, uh, alive. Um, you know, all in all, I think it was a very good movie. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I, You've I only seen it once, right? I've only seen it once. I plan on seeing it again. See it again. Yes. You guys see it again. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you. I really liked it. Um, I know a lot of people hated it and I think that's the problem. Star Wars fans are hard to please. This goes back to what I was saying earlier yeah. when, with Ryan Johnson having that difficult task of taking on a Star Wars movie kudos for him to take on a task and he admits like doing the fan service trying to do things to appease the fans only pisses off more fans because you have star wars fans are so different like they don't all think alike everybody likes certain things in the way they like their story yeah um i could tell you for liking this movie and i really liked it there's things i would have done different i would have added different things um are we I don't know. Are we spoiling anything or are we just leaving? I'd say maybe minor spoiler alerts. Minors. So I can't tell you how I would end it because then it totally ruins it. So right. see you, the movie, eventually I'll give you my take. I'll tell you my take later if I didn't already tell you, but there's just a, there's just a certain way I would have tied that ending. Like I didn't mind the ending. Mm-hmm. I God, I wish we could. I wish we could full on spoiler and just say, "Spoilers, <laughs> walk away now." This is this is what I would have done. Um, well, in the interest of time, let's leave it as that. The yeah. only the only thing I will say that's a little spoilery, but really just never had any payoff, was the whole Finn trying to tell Ray something, and. We never found out what it was, except for the fact that it sort of hinted that he may have some sort of force powers. But I mean, I think that was a really big hole left open. Yeah, they actually admitted it. If like after the movie, they uh, JJ came out and said he's force sensitive. Uh, he has feelings of the force. He can't do anything with the force, but he can sense. So he like so like I would have to say. Finn actually was annoying in this one. Well, he, yeah. 
<laughs> kind of bugged me. I had a whole new hairstyle, which that didn't bother me. But Ray, but every time he talked or had dialogue, it was him screaming somebody's name. Yeah. Whether it was Ray. Well, and so it's the scene where he's fighting Kylo, or where she's fighting Kylo Ren on the Death Star out in the ocean, and here comes Finn. Like, I ain't got time for you. I'm fighting him. Jesus. <laughs> so that I thought that I thought he was like this version of Rose, and I kind of liked yeah. how Rose was kind of a side character. Poor Rose. Well, Rose was a desk. She had a desk job in this movie, and <laughs> she's there, but she really didn't have much. <laughs> And they tried um, to introduce a sort of a love interest for Finn as well, who was a former, you know, stormtrooper. And I, I, they could have done without that whole yes. thing as well. I got to say, too, with the Star Wars, this whole new trilogy, they effed up the whole love triangle. I don't know who in the hell was in love with who, because in the first one, I got the vibe that Finn had the hots for Rey. Yeah. Then we go into the second one, and then it's more that Rose has the hots for Finn. And they think that you you can still tell Finn had the hots. Actually, in all movies, I think Finn has always had the hots for Ray. And the first one he caught, maybe. Uh, But in the second one, it was more so, you know, Rose and him had the love interest. That was about it. And then in the third one, um, yeah, they introduced a new character that totally is all about Finn and turns out she was a stormtrooper like he was and they rebelled against the resist or the uh, new order. Yep. And it's just like, okay, well good. They, they got something. But then I kind of got the sense that Poe and Finn were a thing. <laughs> like, and then at the end, I'm not, this is not a spoiler alert, but I swear to God, I thought everybody was going to start making out. Like, <laughs> that, that crap was weird, dude. I, <laughs> I pictured that line in Clerks 2 when Randall is at the movies and he's talking about how he would end Lord of the Rings and go back and watch it. It's dirty and I'm not going to repeat it. But I thought that was going on with Star Wars. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yep. (laughs) What the hell? Weird. Uh, In a couple of weeks, I will discuss the endings that I didn't like because by that point, you should have effing seen it by then. Yep. But I won't spoil it. But other than I totally thought everybody was going to make out and it was flipping weird. So. Yeah. So I'd say yeah. out, out of a 10. Vibe with Poe and Finn. Like, yeah, totally. So out of a 10, I'd give it an eight, eight and a half. Yeah, eight's a, eight's a good one. I would give it an eight as well. Um, I gave it on the horrible movie review, which I never posted because I didn't want to spoil it. Um, I did verbally do it on pop culture and I gave it a four out of five. So. Okay. That, that's a good one. So on our scale, if it was out of 10, you know, definitely eight, eight out of 10. And another nitpicky thing I would have done is I would have called this one, the last Jedi. Yes. Like if I had to do the tiles, this one should have been called the last Jedi. And then the last one should have been called the rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Just a thought. Um, but uh, yeah, again, just being nitpicky. If you take all that out, I enjoyed the story. Um, I liked it. Um, one more nitpick, and then we can move on. I know time's starting to be a thing. Yep. Um, uh, I would have liked a little explanation on where the hell or how in the hell Palpatine survived. They kind of just rush into that. They don't really tell you. Yeah. Yeah. He's just he's just there. So see the movie. Let us know what you think in the comments below. Um, did you like it? Did you hate it? What would you have done different? You know, please let us know. And in a few weeks, we'll revisit this discussion because um, by that point, you would have seen it again. We can have another discussion um, on how you would have maybe ended it, how I would have ended it, how you would have, what you would have liked to see. We definitely do another discussion another time. So. Yeah. I like that. All right. Uh, we're going to skip the review of Jumanji. Uh, Make it real quick. If you like the second one, because there's, yeah. there's the Robin Williams one. So if you like the last one, you're in for a lot of fun on this one. Um, I definitely enjoyed it. Funny. Thumbs up. Maybe next week we can discuss it after you've seen it. But I, I thought it was a thumbs up. I liked it. That works for me. And uh, speaking of Jumanji, uh, Jack Black has opened up saying that uh, Jumanji The Next Level may be one of his last roles in his, in his acting. <laughs> Boy, I can't speak right now. In his actoring, actoring career. 
<laughs> in his acting career. Um, you know, he said, maybe one more movie. I'm kind of enjoying the idea of early retirement. I've been saying for a long time that this is the last movie. We'll see. I can't really say what my next thing is because it's too early. It's a jinxer. I've got a couple of tricks up my sleeve, but not too many. I'm looking to wrap it up pretty soon, right off into the sunset. So, uh, you know, it may be one of those things where he disappears from film for a while and comes back. He may leave film for good. Uh, we do know that, obviously, he... Uh, has a music career as well with the um, uh, Tenacious D, him and Kyle Gass. But um, all in all, you know, I think he's been a, a fantastic actor over the years. I'm going to go see Jumanji the next level here soon, uh, you know, in the next couple of days. But, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be sad to see him go if this truly is the last of what he does. Yeah. I always say never say never. Money talks. People always come out of retirement and always do things. They get bored. You yeah. know, but he doesn't do a whole lot now. I would I would say for Jack, no more goosebump movies, dude. Like, you know, definitely what was that weird clock movie that bombed? Like Oh, uh, the house with the clock in its walls? Yeah, something like that. And actually it was a fairly enjoyable movie. I saw it with was the it? boys. It just didn't get, you know, the attention it deserved. Yeah. He's great in Jumanji though. So you guys will see. It's it's a good movie. Cool. All right, Tony, real quick, looking at the time, how much time do you have left before we need to sign off? Uh about twenty minutes. 20, 20 minutes, right? I'd say about fifteen minutes or so. Okay. All right. Let's um I think we can power can through the rest of these. Yeah. Because so, that's what we that's what we did, right? What, the top three? Yeah. No, that was going to be towards the end of the movie segment. Um, oh, gotcha. Oh, well, let's save, uh, let's talk about our uh, Corey Taylor one for the next episode. Okay. All right. Uh, so, we can power through these others. We'll make them real, we'll call it snippets. There you go. All right. Fans of the Lego movie know that uh, the Lego movie was produced by Warner Brothers. Well, it looks like uh, Universal is reportedly in talks to obtain the Lego movie rights, which would obviously switch it over. We'd probably see uh, no more Batman in there, considering that's uh, owned by uh, Warner Brothers and DC. And it'd be interesting to see what they would do, um, you know, with some of the new... Um, rights that they'd have under their belt, namely Jurassic Park, Back to the Future, you know, how they would incorporate those in. My feeling is that if they keep the same creative team, same writers, same actors, it could be fairly seamless, but, uh, you know, time will only tell. Yeah, I think, uh, like you said, I could almost see it if it goes over to uh, uh, Universal, you can kind of forget about the animation style that it goes through now because that's something Warner Brothers runs. Um, I would say Illumination would probably take it on and be something mm -hmm. along the Illumination side of things. I don't think it would be a bad thing, but like you said, it would kill off the Emmet and all that stuff. But, I mean, if you're Lego, it's a smart business move to do that. Um, I think Universal has, is, has the window to get you a little more. But then again... Warner Brothers and Universal could work out something as they do. Uh, they have Harry Potter land at Universal and stuff. So while they don't own movie rights or anything, they did bring, you know, the Harry Potter world to their studios. So for Universal, it's a, it's a no brainer to have another popular franchise like that under their belt. So, um, but I like, yeah, I like your idea of incorporating uh, back to the future, um, Jurassic park, so all very good things. So and like I said, if they can work out a thing like a Sony and Marvel kind of deal, it could work. Yeah. So if there's more information that comes out on that, we will let you guys know. But at this point, it's just talk. Just talky talk. Yep. All right. Moving on. Uh, Bill and Ted face the music. We're getting our first images from that movie. Um, Excellent. Basically, Bill and Ted 3, we know that uh, it was officially announced in May 2018, began filming last July, and is now expected out in, on August 21st of 2020. Um, obviously follows Bill and Ted and uh, Death, and then their kids as they grow up now. Um, I know Tony will be posting some of those pictures when he gets a chance, but uh, in addition to 
Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter reprising their roles. You have William Sadler coming back as Death. And he then, looks just the same as he did in Bogus Journey, man. He really does. It's crazy. Uh, we've got new actors who play the kids. Uh, Bridget Lundy Payne and Samara Weaving playing uh, Billy and Thea, who are Ted and Bill's daughters, uh, respectively. And Scott. <laughs> Billy and Thea. Yeah. <laughs> Original. Theodore and... Uh... <laughs> And actually, that's spot on for the humor for this movie. Yeah, that's good stuff. When she said that, I was like, well, that's fitting. Yep. And then you have Scott Mascuti, who is a Kid Cudi, um, I guess a rapper, who is in the movie as well. Don't know much beyond that, but uh, like I said, Tony will be posting those first look pictures, and uh, I can't wait to see it for one. Oh, man. 2020 will be the year. Well, it's going to be a good year for Keanu Reeves, man. It's, oh, uh, definitely. He's got John, literally John Wick 4 and Matrix 4 coming out the same day, which is nuts. <laughs> um, let's just hope Bill and Ted does not open at the same time as that. As yep. Triple Keanu, great for him, but Bill and Ted would not do well against those other two franchises. But awesome. Awesome time. If I had a sound clip, it'd be, whoa. <laughs> but, right. uh, yeah i'm definitely excited for bill and ted to, to come back and uh should be exciting um you know for us that grew up on it i think newer it might even introduce a whole new audience to it hopefully yeah yeah definitely all right and then the final story in our movie news is the new <laughs> the new movies the new mutants trailer which is a God, a movie that was supposed to release be released back in. Uh, if you wonder what I'm doing here, it's coming. As the nerd world turns, it's another story of the stupid movie called New Mutants. It's so bad that it will be good. Not done by James Gunn. <laughs> it was supposed to come out in 2018. We got the first official trailer in October of 2017. It's been pushed around and moved back. And obviously Fox bought Disney and Disney wasn't sure if they were ever going to release it. Well, we know that Disney is going to give it a theatrical release. That'll be April 3rd, 2020. And it'll get its new trailer in January, according to its director, Josh Boone. Now, um, bloody disgusting reporter, Bill Sinkowitz, um, who's also an illustrator for the new mutants actually shared that he's seen parts of the new trailer and uh, implied that it was quite good seeing that the execution of a Marvel film along with the necessary horror elements really work. So um, it'll be very much a standalone. Don't expect it to be part of the MCU or even necessarily part of the previous X-Men Fox franchises. Don't even expect a sequel from this thing. <laughs> no, not at all. But uh, we're getting closer to an actual release for it. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. It might be like Guns N' Roses Chinese Democracy. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for those who don't know, that was an album that was supposed to come out and come out and come out and come out. When it finally came out, no one gave a crap, but it was super bad. So. Yep, it was terrible. All right, Tone. So with our last few minutes, I think uh, maybe we'll skip video game stuff. And uh, we'll yeah, just we'll do video games for next week. Um, we'll do our top three movies and then call it a day. Yeah, because video games is hard for top three, too. I can, if, if we wanted to say real quick uh, for top video game of the year, for me, it was a Mortal Kombat one. So, okay. And then the next one will probably be Star Wars, uh, the Jedi Order, or the Fallen Order, or whatever that was. Oh, very cool. Yeah, for me, um, you know, now that there is a Nintendo Switch in the house, been playing a little more uh, Super Smash Brothers. Fantastic game, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. I'm looking forward to exploring more of the Nintendo Switch games. Next to that, uh, really, the only other game I've played is uh, Mario Kart World Tour. Um, oh yeah, on the iOS. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I forgot too after I said that those were my games. Like Luigi's Mansion was excellent, and. Um, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, so yeah, there's, there was a lot of good games. Crap, maybe we'll we'll have to put a more detailed one, but those are off the top of my head that were really good games. Yeah, we'll dive deeper into it later. But yeah, dive deeper, dog. Let's do our top three movie wise. Tony, go ahead and hit them with your number movies. three. Okay, so for movies for me this year, there's a lot of good ones. Um, I'm gonna have to say um, the number three movie for me was 
you can tell I didn't write these down. I know, I know my top, I know my top one. And then, uh, the, the second, I, the second one here, I'll, I'll get started with okay, you number do, three. You do that. And I got, I got those two. All right. Mine probably became a top three because I just went back and rewatched it. And I'm talking, uh, John Wick Parabellum. That was just a fun action movie. Um, you know, slightly different take because of a new director from the first, two John Wick movies, but I just nonstop action from the beginning to the end. It was a lot of fun. You know, you don't expect a whole lot from Keanu Reeves aside from the action, but uh, they did a great job uh, sort of continuing the story and obviously setting up for the next one, which comes out next year. Yeah, that John Wick was freaking good, man. There were some really good movies this year. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker for my third one. Um, it was highly anticipated. It was fantastic. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was definitely one I've seen twice in theaters. Usually if I see a movie a couple times in theaters, it's because I really liked it. So my third one will be Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. And that's actually my number two. And it's funny because, you know, obviously when we did our review earlier, there were a lot of, or a few gripes that we had for it. But even through those gripes, it was still an excellent movie. It was a lot of fun. Um, it did a good job of wrapping up the entire Skywalker saga. And, uh, you know, definitely am thrilled that, uh, you know, J.J. Abrams got back into the director's seat, s steered it in the direction it needed to go, and, uh, you know, took it to a place that I'm satisfied closing out, you know, that last 40-some-odd years. Yeah, it's um, it was uh, such a good movie. You know, um, I would say the the next movie for me, my number two this year, um, was probably Spider Man: Far From Home. Um, really enjoyable, um, good Spider Man flick. Um, it was the end of the whole Marvel um, Infinity Saga. It was the last chapter. Um, saw that a couple times in theaters and I really enjoyed it. So uh, Spider-Man Homecoming or what? Far oh. from home. <laughs> would be my second one. Yeah. Yeah. That would definitely be up there for me as well. Uh, and then my number one, which I assume is yours as well. Avengers Endgame. Uh, again, oh. talk about mastering, wrapping everything up, you know, something that was started back with Iron Man and John Favreau. Uh, the way that Kevin Feige has interweaved everything. They did an excellent job bringing in the Russo brothers to helm the, um, you know, last two Avengers movies. And it's, it's almost a perfect movie. I mean, Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it was uh, such a well done movie and there's so many movies that came out this year. I mean, when you think about it, uh, Captain Marvel came out at the beginning of the year, and that was a fantastic movie. Shazam was a lot of fun. That was good. Um, just kind of glancing at a refresh list here. You know, um, an underrated movie that was really well this year was Alita Battle Angel. That was yeah. very good. Um, biggest disappointment movie that you saw this year? Hellboy. Oh, Hellboy, yes. I'm, I'm going to, since you say Hellboy, I'll give you one, too. Um, X-Men Dark Phoenix. Yes. Disappointing. And it sucks because I love the X-Men movies and I didn't, I didn't hate this movie. I just didn't think it was good. Yeah. So, um, you know, another one that was kind of disappointing was It Chapter 2. Like, uh, it was good, but it just wasn't as good as the first one. But I'm just looking, but there were so many movies that came out this year. You got Aladdin, The Lion King, Lego Movie 2, Men in Black. Which got that was actually voted one of the worst movies this year. I personally liked it. I enjoyed it. Uh, now it's funny you mentioned Aladdin. Uh, we tried watching that on Disney Plus. Couldn't make it through thirty minutes of it. No, it was awful. It, <laughs> it felt like something that should have been on the Disney Channel. Yeah, yeah, I would go with yeah. that. Um, I some movies I never saw Gemini Man. I really wanted to. No. Nope. Uh, yeah, for action flicks, man. There was a lot. Hobbs and Shaw was good. That Joker was fun. was good. Um, and I never saw Child's Play. And uh, But, yeah, I would say Hellboy was really bad. And, um, yeah, there was just a ton of movies this year. So, um, very excited. Uh, we will have to come up with a list of movies we're excited for 2020. Um, yep. but, uh, yeah. All in all, a lot of good stuff there. Well, good. I think that was uh, timing-wise just about perfect. So uh, just a reminder, everybody, 
subscribe, follow. Uh, you can find us anywhere you find podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Stitcher Spotify, Stitcher. Apple, Stitcher. <laughs> uh, check us out on Facebook and on Instagram, forward slash Proton Pack Podcast. And uh, yeah, that's this will probably be the last one for the year, and we'll come back fresh and new in 2020, add some new elements, some new music, and uh, even update some of the video as well. We'll change it up. We're excited. Thanks for following. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. Happy holidays, guys. And we will see you in the next decade. Adios, amigos. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Woo! Yeah, I mean, wow. Hey, where's Fluffy? Goodbye.